0: Well, hello there, and welcome to the Imitating Jesus podcast hosted by Icon Ministries. I'm Ryan Seibert, and I'm joined today by some special friends. Uh, This is our... I'm not going to... It's going to be a surprise. I'll let you know who they are soon enough. But this is uh, our series on this is the way we roll. We roll. This is the way we roll. We roll. MC Hammer. That's right. Uh, If that's some sort of copyright infringement, I just want to apologize to Mr. Hammer. Um, But we're talking... Uh, an exploration these weeks into the different aspects of the disciple-making process as we try to be true to the message and the way of Jesus and is commissioned uh, to make disciples. So I've got some of my fellas here with me, Mr. Lewis Fitch-Clark III. No, I have to give you a descriptor. You are the indigenous Louis Fitch-Clark III here with us and uh there's a lot of i n words out there. I just like to you know get a new one for each mm-hmm. time. And then Ethan, Ethan, you're here. Ethan Chan. Good to be here again. Well, yeah, we're we're happy we're happy to have you. Um, Ethan, you're here because we love you and we think you have a lot of fantastic things to say about making disciples. You are a guy who I think, who's awake. There is fruit for the kingdom, and that fruit is just in the people that you've invested in um poured yourself out to and we feel like you have a lot of wonderful things to say we also believe a lot of that fruit is being born from a place of of inner strength of of inter interconnection with the lord as birthed in your practice of prayer and your love for the scripture and your devotion to the spirit so we're excited to have you here talking um about the role of making disciples um tell us a little bit about you and why we should listen to you for the next 30 minutes (laughs)
1: wow that's hard (laughs) it's hard to follow up with um I think because I'm learning I'm on this journey of what it means to follow Jesus and his ways and his practices and his discipleship and uh, I'm learning just as you guys are and learning with you guys and so that's why I'm here I guess
2: and I think the reason you're here too is um, someday at your funeral, which I hope to be speaking at. <laughs> <laughs> He's half my age, that's why I'm saying that. Um, but uh, your legacy will be prayer. Mm-hmm. And be, there'll be several things that will be the legacy of Ethan Chan's life, but one of the reasons we're sitting here today talking about this is because of the legacy of prayer. Mm-hmm. And just, um, he serves with us in, in the leadership team, elder team of our spiritual family here in Chicago, mm-hmm. and
0: um, we're just grateful to be able to be in friendship with him. And he has an awesome family of his
1: own. Isn't that right? Yep. I'm married to Annie and got four boys, aged 13 all the way down to five, mm-hmm. and we have a blast. And I have a daughter who's five, and we've talked about this.
0: To me, it doesn't really matter which one that she marries like uh, <laughs> in any of the four would be fine cuz right now the age difference is a little weird but i mean when right. you know he's 30 she's 22 that could work anyway we'll we'll work out the details offline here
1: um you got the pictures for yeah, it. yeah yeah
0: yeah and do you have a job or are you independently wealthy what's your what's your situation yeah,
1: currently um for the last about 18 years i've been working with the navigators uh out in colorado springs navigators is a Christian... you commute to the springs Sometimes, <laughs> maybe once every couple of years, okay. but there is that commute that exists. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's a Christian ministry nonprofit that is focused on making disciples. It's similar uh, to kind of big organizations like an inner or a crew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we had the opportunity of going overseas with them uh, to serve in the Horn of Africa for about five years. And now we are back here in Chicagoland. And we're glad for that. Okay. First
0: question, Ethan, to get us started out. If you were in a room with 100 pastors, and if you had 30 minutes to just say one thing mm-hmm. to this this group of people about prayer and about making disciples, what would you say?
1: I think one of the things that came to my mind is don't be afraid of the silence. Um, I think so many times in in prayer meetings or in times with you know disciples as we're with them. There is this desire to just have an agenda or have something to say all the time. But like we talked about in our, in our last episode, just that idea of listening. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so crucial in prayer is we want to hear from God himself. We want to hear from God, his heart. We want to his, want to hear his desires, his will. And a lot of times we need silence in order to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think we don't do a great job because we have all these things in our mind, all these things that we want to share and say. Um, so I think that's a big part of, you know, what I'd say to pastors is don't be afraid of the silence. You know, don't necessarily come, you know, with a certain agenda and prayer, um, but practice listening. Practice listening for your disciples, about your disciples listening to God, what he has for his disciples, his children, I think is, uh, is huge. That, and that makes perfect
0: sense. I, I don't know anyone would disagree in theory, but in practice, why is
1: that so hard for us? Yeah, I think it's, it's, we have a lot to say. I think there's definitely this awkwardness. There's this kind of uncomfortability of silence. And I think there's also this fear of, like, what if I'm not hearing the right thing? You know, I don't want to come up with kind of my own ideas. Um, But I I do believe that if we have the Spirit of God in us, and He is searching the deep things of God, and He's searching the deep things of us, that there is that connection um, that comes about where we can hear and kind of feel and know the promptings of God through His Word and through other ways.
0: Hmm. Louis, anything you would say to those pastors?
1: (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, I do think that um, when you were talking, Ethan, it's, it's about communication mm. and how if I am in a loving relationship, I will communicate. And, and if I'm not in a loving, you know, if there's tension in a relationship, communication breaks down. Whether it be the silent treatment, me yep. giving the silent treatment, or me receiving the silent treatment, or just the awkwardness so I just avoid. Um, and what you're advocating is engaging in communication, which is engagement in love, mm. and yeah. um, and removing those barriers. Because if I'm if I'm hiding from God, I'm hiding from love. If I'm you know yeah. evading God, I'm evading love. And prayer, I think, is taking us right into that love.
0: Well, I've never thought about it before Ethan, until you said this, but I feel like maybe I talk too much in prayer because. I'm overestimating my importance in mm-hmm. prayer. Yeah, uh, what I bring in prayer, like that, I need to make sure I'm saying all the right things. I'm getting everything out there. I'm expressing everything clearly. When I would most likely be better served to put more emphasis not on what I have to say, but what what God has to say or wants to say or wants to do in me, and to create space for that to happen, I think it just yeah. I need to diminish uh, thinking that I'm the the protagonist, that I'm the main character in this prayer session, Mm -hmm. but understanding, uh, yeah, I have great importance and great value to God, but I'd be much better off focusing on him and trying to hear from him. Hmm. Okay, so as we talk more about making disciples in prayer, Ethan, are there any any insights that you feel like you've learned over the years that have been beneficial for your prayer life? Um, Any insights then about prayer that's impacted the way you make disciples?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest one is, is something that Louis also brought up in the last episode is being able to pray God's words back to him, praying scripture. I mean, Ryan, you talked about John 15 last time. And when you look at that, Jesus says, If my words remain in you, mm-hmm. ask whatever you wish, and you will have it. And so that idea of the words of Christ, the words of God in our minds, and you know, us speaking back those things to God in prayer, is like, that's how we align ourselves. That's how we really center ourselves in God's heart, mm-hmm. God's desires, God's will. Um, and so, yeah, when I tell people... And just for myself, whenever I pray, it's like my Bible is right there next to me in prayer. Um, Do you mind if I share just kind of a a few go-tos, or unless you guys have some other things? Let's take a vote, Ryan. We'll we'll allow it. One time. Don't get too
0: preachy, though. Jeez.
1: Yeah, I really want to just share some of kind of my go-to scriptures that I use in prayer. Because I think a lot of times when we talk about prayer... Some people feel kind of intimidated about, like, what am I supposed to say? You know, especially when, when, we're, when I'm, we're praying in groups, I think a lot of people kind of get a little nervous about, like, what am I supposed to say? Everyone just sounds so eloquent when they pray and, you know, speak this way. Like, what am I supposed to do? And, and I just say there's, there's just a few go-to ones. Um, I think for myself, when, when we talked a lot about just listening, uh, my go-to is kind of Psalm 139, the last two verses there, which says, search me, O God, and know my heart test me and know my anxious thoughts and lead me in the way of everlasting find any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting and this is pausing you know and then just being silent and allowing God to just fill my mind what are those anxious thoughts God's Spirit just search me what are those things that are on my heart are there ways that have grieved you bring those things out and lead me in the way of everlasting life um that's such a good one, and uh, God just brings up something every single time I pray that. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> He will not fail. You know, you pray yeah, that one. Yeah. He will not fail to bring something up. Um, and another one, just just to kind of like where I am, you know, I think one thing that a book we read a, a while ago on prayer was just having this heart of, of desperation, and a heart of just being desperate for God. And so Psalm 63 kind of brings me to that place of, oh God, you know how it starts, oh God, you are my God. You know, I long for you. And just having that heart, that mindset. And so in prayer, it's just like, what posture do I want to take before the Father? And I think that gets me into a place of having this posture of, God, I can't do it. And all I can do is trust you. All I can do is come to you in faith. I need you. I long for you, and I think Psalm sixty three just brings up all mm-hmm. those different things, mm-hmm. um, especially for the visual
0: learners among us, like just that
1: imagery. Oh is. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like a dry and weary land, you know, desert. You know, I long for you, and how you satisfy me with the richest of foods. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful imagery uh, in in that Psalm, and you know, similar to that Psalm Psalm twenty seven. You know, one thing that I ask, that's where I dwell after to seek. Um, the face of the Lord and kind of that longing for God and just just starting out with some of these prayers in a group, you know, just personally gets me into that p- place and posture of God. We need you. I need you. There's nothing else. There's nowhere else mm-hmm. I can go. I need to hear from you. Um, and one other one that I, that I love going to actually we just did this this past week with our kids is in Ephesians uh, 3, verse 14 and 19, you know, it talks about the power that we needing strength and power to receive the height, the breadth, the depth, the length of Christ's love. And that just gets us into this place of how does God see us? You know, and just having, we need to have power and strength in order yeah. to receive the love of Christ. And that just, just, Blows my mind in terms of that's the type of love that Christ has for us that we actually need strength and power to comprehend to mm-hmm. hold that in, mm-hmm. you know. Otherwise, we'd be just so blown away. Mm-hmm. And so I think just these kind of few practical verses mm-hmm. just to start out with, just mm-hmm. to, and not just to start but continue, because I think God, you know, the, His word's living and active, and so there's new insights, there's new treasures mm-hmm. to be dug into in each one of these these passages.
0: Now that you mention it, you know at the time we've we've prayed together many times, and I I do often just hear you start with some of those prompts or other scriptural mm-hmm. prompts, and I'm like, Ethan, let's no, let's pray about what's going on. Like, let's yeah. pray about what we need. But, you know, you're you're usually coming from that starting place of. Okay, God, this is who you are, and we're praying to you because of this is who you are. So let's stop and position our hearts in that way.
2: Mm-hmm. I would. Also say, like for many of us, we don't know what to pray for our disciples. like Mm I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over again. But again, similar to what Ethan's already said, is taking a passage, like I take Ephesians 1, and this is Paul praying for his disciples, Mm -hmm. so I just substitute it for mine, where um, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you are called. The riches of his glorious inheritance and in his people, and just substituting it with, you know, I pray that um, Bill's eyes would be opened and he might be enlightened, that he that Bill would know the mm-hmm. hope to which you have called him. You mm-hmm. know, just using that as my prayer guide, especially when I don't know what to pray.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, because the Spirit of God does know. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting. Just kind of another insight is when we when we start to pray the words of God, when we're starting to pray for what's already in God's heart, all those things that we have in us that we want to pray and ask for, like God somehow answers a lot of those things already as we kind of seek and center our mind on who he is and who we are before him and who, you know, the disciples, the guys we're pointing Mm -hmm. to, how God sees them. And when we start from that place, it's like, Already, a lot of the things we want to ask for or need are in a way already answered because of, of who God is and how he sees it and how he sees other people. Mm-hmm.
0: I think 20, 25 years ago, it began a prayer practice. Another, let's, let's keep name-dropping some navigators here, but Skip Gray, old navigator mm. legend. Yeah. And I heard him speak. I have no idea what he spoke on, but I remember him saying that every morning... For approximately the last 50 years and he acknowledged there may have been six or seven times that he he failed in the last 50 years six uh, but he said he started his morning just with the simple prayer of Luke nine twenty three, 23 um, just that idea of Lord if anyone would come after you you know where Jesus says if anyone yeah. come after me he must deny himself take up his cross and follow after me and this was a great man of God and if this is part of the recipe, that's enabled him to walk faithfully with the Lord. So I started praying that prayer, like, first thing. Because the first moments of a day are real important to me. Like, I remember being in middle school, and my alarm clock would go off. Like, I couldn't do the, like, I had to have something melodic. But I also, I always had music on, so I'd always be on Q102.5. Anybody in Des Moines? You hear me? Because <laughs> uh, they'd always play, like, I need, like, an upbeat, like, song to get my first few days. So i got to get my mind right. But then the, sometimes they played like... Deep or ballads or dark songs with like minor chords, I couldn't handle it, so I switched mm-hmm. to ninety three point three, which is the oldies station because all oldies are happy. <laughs> anyway, those like first moments are important to me. Like I don't, that's just just how I am, and so I feel like having those centering prayers, I guess I'll call them, over the last few decades have yeah. been really helpful. So there was there was a season where I was praying. Um, yeah, Luke nine twenty three because of Skip Gray. And then I remember in seminary, one of my professors, Bill Thrasher, great man of prayer, got a couple great books out on mm-hmm. prayer, Bill Thrasher, victorious praying. Um, he was talking about just starting his mor- morning just before he swung his feet out of bed, just reflecting on Lamentations 3, which just says, your mercies are made new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And so as he would take his feet and put them onto the ground, imagining himself putting his two feet into just these slippers of god's mercy and faithfulness that day knowing that every step that he took there would be enough tread in those slippers to get to the end of the day Mm -hmm. enough mercy enough grace and at the end of the day those things are threadbare and gone but guess what the next morning saying the same prayer framing Mm in the same way um john piper has a great tool that that's been a first first morning thing for me too this ious IOUs of prayer so i've A lot of times Mm -hmm. that's, I'll just take the first moments of my day and pray that, it's an acronym. So the I is, incline my heart to your word. Mm -hmm. Um, That's from Psalm 119. The I, O, is open the eyes of my heart that I may behold wonderful things from your word. So that's I, O. Then the U is Psalm 8611. Give me an undivided heart or unite my heart, Lord, that I may fear your name. And the last one, the S is satisfy me, it's so from Psalm ninety fourteen. satisfy me in the morning with your unfailing love that I may sing for joy and be glad all my days. So that's just another scripted prayer that I have before. And, and and now, these days, just one more practical thing that's really been hitting me is that before I lift my head from the pillow, before I reach for my phone, before I do anything, I just spend five minutes just sitting in, God, show me my true self today. What is true of me today? And recognizing the most there's a lot of things that are true about me today. I'm a dad. i got a job to do. i got to get my kids mm-hmm. to school like I'm a husband. But the most true thing about me today is that I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. And I'm created to live in loving union with the Father today and be a Christ-like presence in the world. Mm-hmm. And just sitting in that for the first five minutes and centering, okay. And so how, what does this have to do with making disciples? Well, it has everything to do with making disciples. If, if these are the things that I'm... Uh, I'm centering myself in, that I'm planting myself in, then God willing, these are the things are going to be growing as I'm loving my family, as I'm loving my friends, as I'm going to the bank, as I'm walking through the grocery store. These are the things that are going to be coming out of me.
2: I'm hearing both of you peop- name people that have influenced you. I think last podcast we named a few, but mm-hmm. are there books as well as people that have influenced you on prayer that you would recommend other people to read?
1: I don't read good, so <laughs> I'll, let you, I'll let you guys talk I'm about so that. Um, just one of them I would recommend that we've talked... Um, it was Lee Brace's book called Praying from God's Heart. And it's kind of a um, something that you can do with a group of people. It's more of a study guide, actually, to go kind of step-by-step step in a process of what I would call God-centered praying. And so it's really praying scripture. It's praying with this perspective that we want what God wants, what's on His heart, what's on His mind, His desires, and praying from that place even for, you know, the basic things of we need food, we need money, you know, all these things. It's like, how do we pray from a place of centering on God versus centering on us? Um, So that's one book that that we've gone through, that I've gone through with other people, and I just continue to learn more and more every single time I do it. Another one is Mountain Rain. It's, it's a kind of an autobiography of, is it James Frazier? James Franger, yeah. Yeah, and he was just a man of prayer. Um, and he has this, I think it was one or two chapters on just faith and what it looks like to pray in faith and, and seeing God move and God work. And that's, you know, people enjoy story. That's great to read and just how he weaves in prayer through that book.
0: Louis, any book? I know you've read a book before.
2: Yeah, one or two. And I would, I would agree, Mountain Rain has had a, had a huge impact. And, you know, most of his life he was single. He was only married for a short mm-hmm. time before he passed away. Um, so most of his life, until he was 40-some years old, was single. And, um, and they can now look back and see um, thousands and thousands of people who came to faith just based on his prayer life. You know, so I, I do think the power of prayer. I um Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Secret mm-hmm. would be another one of you know, just trusting God. And I and I think in my own life I would say, um, between that book, George Mueller and then Francis and Edith Schaefer, of dependency upon God in prayer for my finances mm-hmm. and just seeing how God um is so faithful in just Asking specific things that no one else knows of the financial need in God, um, answering mm-hmm. those prayers, which has mm-hmm. really boistered my faith, you know, and just, um, and my trust in Him. But He truly does listen, He is aware. Mm-hmm. So.
0: yeah. I, uh, yeah, I read books, but uh, I'll commend a couple of other kind of resources. I'm a big fan of John Mark Comer and his teachings podcast. Mm-hmm. And he's got a lot of I think good things on prayer in there. I would also say the best resource for inspiring our, our selves to prayer is just to finding someone who is a prayer warrior mm-hmm. you know, and just sitting at their feet. Yeah. And just pray with them. Listen to the way they interact with the Father, Son, and Spirit. Mm-hmm. Observe the way that they they engage in prayer and their habits and practices and just pray with them. Like that is in my mind. Mm-hmm. One of the best ways that we can become people of prayer is just to be around those who are great men and women of prayer. Um, Ethan, we've, we've talked about this. Are any other resources, guys, before I move on from that moment? Any other books? Or well, there's so many. Well, there are. are. The, Throw a yeah,
2: few out. Yeah, no, Impress us. Um, one of the ones, the... The Valley of Vision. yeah, the old Puritan. The Puritan. Puritan, like if you if you just to learn how to pray and just going through these prayers daily um, taught me how to pray. I mean, this this is from how many years ago? It's like sixteen hundreds, right? Oh well, that <laughs> book is yeah. I've had it almost that long. Uh, Nancy Lee DeMoss gave me this book in nineteen ninety one. So how old it is? But um, just as far as a helpful guide to prayer yeah. It's, yeah and then I love the Psalms especially I use yeah. um, the Hebrew translation um, Robert Alters translation of the Psalms
0: you read the Hebrew
2: well it's actually an, it's a translation of English into English uh-huh. but it's a it's a you know because we've read the prayers for years from our own Bibles but to read Robert Alter it just it's just kind of a Ignite something in my prayer life. Mm-hmm. So that's something else I'd recommend.
0: Very good. Uh, Ethan, we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but what do you feel like are misconceptions that Christians might have about prayer that become obstacles and, and blockade to meaningful prayer time?
1: Yeah, I think one thing that you know I hear from a lot of people, is when, especially when they pray in a group, is just like they just don't know how. Uh, that they have to have the right words to say, like there's some kind of magical formula. And I think it's, it gets intimidating when you're in your group and it sounds like people are just saying such eloquent prayers and things. And I think people just kind of get intimidated and say like, man, I don't have, I don't speak that way. Therefore, I don't have the relationship of with God that these people have. And so I think people just, then just are just like, man, I, I can't pray like that, so I'm just not going to pray. Or, you know, I don't know what to pray. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I hear that and see that a lot um, when it comes to prayer and different prayer meetings that, that I've been a part of.
0: Mm-hmm. What about the idea that I've been praying about this? been praying for a long time. I don't see God doing a thing. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with God? What would you tell someone who might be in a place like that? I'll throw that out to Louis first, because he's old. <laughs> well,
2: I, well, unless I am infinite and can know the beginning from the end, unless I am um, the depth of all wisdom and knowledge, you know. Um, how can I know? I mean, He is an eternal God. He is all-powerful, all-wisdom. You know, the sovereignty of God is He's all-powerful. Mm-hmm. He's perfect in wisdom, and He's perfect in love. And if I truly believe that, then my so-called unanswered prayers, they are an answer. You know, But do I truly in my prayer life trust that He 100% loves me there's nothing that can separate me from that love, And that is infinite in wisdom, and that I, there's a lot of prayers in my life. Now looking back in my 65-year-old rearview mirror, I'm going. I'm so glad he didn't answer that prayer the way I wanted it mm-hmm, to be answered. Mm-hmm. And you know, this isn't this isn't how I envisioned me at 65 at all. Mm-hmm. And yet, um, I'm so grateful for his mercy that you know he guided me. Um, to this point. Um, and I think that brings up too, I think, you know, another thing is suffering and Mm -hmm. prayer and suffering. And it's one of the things I love about Ethan. He's gone through his share of, share of (laughs) suffering, he and his family. Mm -hmm. And rather than being a bitter man, he is, I think, better because of that. And how does that factor in? So
1: I'll deflect to him. No, I think mean, that's that's great. Um, yeah, I think just emphasizing, you know, first of all, like, I don't know. You know, I don't know why, mm. you know, there mm-hmm. seems to be silence, you know, in your asking. But what I do know is that the Father is good, that the Father is loving, and that our place right now is just to trust. And I think it's just, to, and it's also just to say, like, as much as I don't know these things, I am willing and want to be with you in prayer and wrestling with these things. Yeah, I think one thing, Louie, that you just talked about that, man, the amount of times I feel like I've wrestled in prayer and just just think about Jacob as he wrestles, you know, with God and just about going back and forth about these things and that, that whole idea of here's my desires, my wills, my want. God, why, you know, this and that, and then just trying to listen to god but then kind of coming back with what i want you know there's just like this dynamic of this wrestling i think that does happen and i think one thing we can do with those that kind of are in that place is like entering into that space with them um, not that we can you know do everything and i think some people need to kind of go through desert experiences by themselves mm-hmm. but as much as we can to enter in that space with them to pray with them also
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, if
1: there is a quote-unquote
2: curriculum for, for disciple-making, I think it is suffering. Yeah. And, and those are prime times when my disciple is suffering to enter into prayer with them and to bring God into the equation. Because how you know where God's at work in a man or woman's life is where they're suffering. And, and so the Spirit of God knows exactly how to orchestrate the circumstances uh, in a person's life to, to bring them to a teachable moment. And that's where I'm you know, against book curriculum. I'm, I'm not saying I'm against all curriculum and disciple-making. Yeah. But I think we can miss, uh, as we go through the curriculum, miss where God is at work in our disciples' life. It can be like a freight train going through the living room. And you miss it sure. because um, you're not looking for the suffering. And where is he suffering? Where is she suffering? Mm-hmm. And knowing that's where God is at work. And then go
0: enter into prayer with them mm-hmm. in the midst of that suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it forces us to look to the Spirit and listen to the Spirit more than us sure, yeah. just kind of follow a plan. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, I have one more question, guys. Yep. Um, for those of us who are married, those of us who have children we believe that the most significant place where we will be making disciples is in our home. It's with the the children God has given us, with our wives, with our husbands. So, Ethan, knowing that responsibility to disciple Mm -hmm. your crew, how do you pray for and with your children? How does prayer become a part of your family culture and how you're trying to orient you all yeah.
1: to Christ. Yeah, I think my my prayer for my wife Annie and for my kids is always, um, God draw them to yourself. It comes from John six forty four. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and that's so much of my prayer. That's that's my heart's desire. It's God's desire here to draw them to himself. And that's always my prayer every morning for my wife and kids, God, draw them to yourself, draw them to yourself, draw them to yourself. Um, and we, we, we pray with our kids every night and in different things that happen during the day. Um, but I think one of the practices that we do is we actually listen together as a family. Every week we kind of have a family time on our Sabbath, which is Sunday. And a lot of times we'll kind of just share about what's happening in in our life or we'll have some kind of verse or passage that we looked over or someone actually, some of our friends come over and share their story. And whatever it is, we just kind of have, you know, the words of God there. And then after every time, we, we just kind of pause and say, okay, let's see if there's anything else that God has for us. And we just pray and just ask God, just simply like, will you speak to us? And then we take a couple minutes where we're just all quiet. And so, getting a five-year-old to do that, <laughs> you know, that's some practice mm-hmm. and takes some time. Um, but that's what we do as a family too, because yeah, I awesome. I want you know our kids to to learn that that you know they, they 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 can listen, they can hear uh, God's voice, and sometimes. You know, I, then we just kind of talked about, like, so what came up into your minds? And sometimes it's the most random thing. But then as we talk about it, it's like there's some kind of connection with, you know, what God was is trying to say. I think I'm trying to think about something recent. I think we were talking about, um, yeah, just having this, this this idea in Ephesians about having the strength and power to have Christ's love. And then my seven-year-old is he asked him, "Okay, so what were you thinking about?" And he's like, "I was thinking about uh, Lord of the Rings or something or battling." And I'm just like, ah, "What?" You know. And so, you know, we kind of pressed into that, like, "Why did Why do you think that came up into your mind?" Um, and he had some good things to say. He had some great insight about, you know, just just seeing in just some of these battles, people giving up their life, you know, and and how that was loving. And so, you just never know hmm. what comes out of a yeah. a, a child's mouth, but trusting that the spirit of god is moving is at work is in that place and we just have to give god the space to Mm -hmm. speak uh no matter you know what age the mouth is from yeah i think you guys do a
0: great job as a family creating space and rhythms for those things to happen uh you know for for us i think you know with kids our kids are small five and seven and Our our prayers are pretty simple. I mean, we try to we try to model pretty simple language, so it's not yeah, not some secondary lexicon they have to learn. But no, this is how you talk to a friend. This is how you grow in your friendship with God. Um, And there's and we do a lot of those extemporaneous prayers. But I also have scripted a prayer for my kids that has just emerged from like the scriptures that are core to my life and my hope. And so I pray for my kids, I pray you know, with them at night that they would love God with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, and they would love their neighbors themselves. They would treasure Jesus and his kingdom above all things in this world, that they would remain in him and his words would remain in them and they would bear much fruit, showing themselves to be disciples, making disciples of all nations for the great glory of God. And so I just consistently praying that, praying that these scriptural truths will be in them. And I kind of pat myself on the back for having this like, good dad prayer and my wife one day they said Ron I just feel like you're hanging a really heavy yoke hmm. on their necks like this is what they need to do this is what they have to do and then the implication if they don't what does that mean do I not belong am I not and at first I told her she was wrong and I had a perfectly good prayer but then as I thought about it more and I, and. I realize, you know what, she's right. And so now I start out that prayer exactly where you were talking about in Ephesians 3. And I just pray, son, I pray that you will know how high and how long and how deep is the love of God for you. Mm-hmm. And because you know how much he loves you, that you will love God in your heart so nice, right? like, it just, But anchoring all those things like in God's love yeah. for them. Louis, what do you do with your children? (laughs) No, but I mean, you're single, never been married, never had kids, but you are a spiritual father to many. You have many nieces and nephews that you have pointed to Jesus by the nature of the way you live. How are you intentional in, in prayer with them? I think one thing I've done over the years is when I know there's a major
2: decision or transition in their life, I will tell them I'm going to take half a day or a day, whatever, half a day, and we do nothing but pray for you in that transition. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's this afternoon is devoted to that one thing. And um, again, it's a way to say that I love you, but it's mm-hmm. another way of really beseeching the Father on mm-hmm. their behalf. Mm-hmm. You know, and just praying a blessing. You know, over that, and I th- I do think there's a power in blessings mm-hmm. and praying mm-hmm. blessings mm-hmm. over people also, uh, who I'm discipling and mm-hmm. that. Um, because I I do think you know when I look at um, like Peter, um, it'd be easy for me at the end of three years when he denies the Lord, um, for me to, oh man I messed up as a mm-hmm. disciple or he betrayed me you know how mm-hmm. dare he betray me after me giving him perfect love and sacrificing and all this um, and and what is you know Jesus tells him okay. Satan's asked to sift you like wheat, and yeah. we've said, okay, we're letting him. And, but I pray for you that your faith will not fail. You know, And in, in the, here, the darkest moment of mm-hmm. Peter's life, probably, he says, I will pray for you, and um, pray for your faith that it will not fail. And I do think in the disciple-making process that your disciple will be sifted. You know, there will be some circumstances that will just, yeah. to the point where they'll just walk away or seem as if they're denying, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I have to pray in faith in the midst of that that their faith would not fail them. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's always scary, I mean, it's every time it happens, um, it's a frightful thing for me for their sake, you know, but I think it's part of the disciple making process as mm-hmm. Jesus showed us. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: All right, so we've been talking about the role of prayer in making disciples. Ethan, Chan, Louis Clark, any last things to say in that realm? The defense rests. All right, well, thank you, gentlemen. I love you. Thankful for your your insights here. Thank you all for listening to the Icon Ministries podcast, Imitating Jesus. Uh, If you want to connect more with us or or access more resources, head over to iconministries.org, and we'll see you there. Thanks for listening.